0: Hey there, amazing ladies. Welcome to Women's Wellness Wisdom, Hormones and Beyond, your friendly podcast for all things women health and empowerment. I'm your host, Dr. Jenny Cortano, and I'm super stoked to be hanging out with you today, as well as our co-host, Rachel Hicks. Life can get pretty crazy, right? But fear not, because we've got your back when it comes to understanding your body, mind, and everything in between. Women's Wellness Wisdom is like your trusty sidekick, here to help make your wellness journey a whole lot more fun and less confusing. So grab a comfy chair a cup of tea or whatever floats your boat and let's embark on this exciting adventure together we'll be chatting about hormones demystifying women's health challenges at different stages of life and just having a good old time while we're at it from pregnancy parties to the menopause rodeo we're bringing some expert tips real life stories and practical advice that will help you navigate the twists and turns of being an incredible woman plus we'll dive into self-care body love mental health wisdom, and a dash of all things womanhood because we believe all women need more people in their corner pulling for their own health. Women's Health Wisdom, Hormones and Beyond is your go-to spot for all things awesome in women's wellness. Welcome. Welcome back to our next episode really excited to talk today about exercise. And unfortunately, Rachel's on vacation, but that's okay. I think she would share my sentiments on this. And as a physical therapist, my background, this is really my jam. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about this today, because I think I come at this from a different perspective than most people. So in honor of PT month, here we go. Let's chat about exercise and how it relates to women's hormones. So first of all, when we talk about exercise, what are we talking about? We're talking about getting your heart rate up to a certain level in most instances to get the benefits of exercise. Recommendations, probably about an hour a day. So somewhere around, depending on what you're reading, four to seven hours a week of moderate to high intensity exercise. Again, this is so person dependent, but those are kind of national guidelines that are set. So we're talking about elevated heart rate, getting your sweat up you know, getting your sweat on, all of those other things in order to get the benefits of exercise. So we should be doing that on a near daily basis, but there's some other forms of exercise or maybe non-exercise rather that we're going to talk about the end and the value of that too. Movement is what we're talking about here. And so when most people think exercise, they think the benefits of cardiovascular exercise, weight training, all the things you do to look your best, feel your best, improve your cardiovascular nerves, and all of that is true and all of that is important, but today I wanna to talk a little bit more about some of the lesser known benefits of exercise. So particularly when we talk about women's health and hormones, I think there's a huge amount that is contributed to exercise or the component of exercise in our whole healthy lifestyle that just is underutilized and under-talked about. So let's jump into that a little bit. So first and foremost, from a women's health perspective, exercise is fabulous for preventing things like osteoporosis. We get certain um, upregulation and certain factors that are going to build bone. Loading the bones through um, weightlifting and things like that in and of itself is what promotes bone growth. So it's something called Wolf's Law. For those of you who like science, right, it's that bones grow and remodel in response to stress played on them. Now, obviously, that's only one force of bone growth and development. When we talk about hormones, we need to talk about what's contributing to those bones being built and what's contributing to them breaking down. And so if you're somebody who has struggled with osteoporosis or osteopenia or has a family history of it or has thyroid dysfunction, then this is definitely something you need to be talking with your practitioner about now before it's an issue um, or before it's a greater issue, because we run the risk of fractures. And honestly, the medications from a fixing it standpoint or preventing further breakdown are just really not that great. The side effects are terrible. They're not a good thing. So exercise can be a great way to promote that bone stability before it becomes an issue paired with the other things that we need to do to maintain strong, healthy bones and prevent them from breaking down and things like that. So um, certainly, you know, that's a different path and a different story for another day, but exercise is huge and it's something I would definitely encourage all of my women that I work with, whether you're osteoporotic or not, to be engaging in regular exercise for bone mineral density, particularly as we age. Our bones actually peak somewhere in our late teen years, mid to late teens. And from there, we start to um, lose a little bit every year. And that declines even more after menopause. So those early years are critical for building mass um, in our bones and preventing those things from happening down the line. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, that oftentimes people don't know about is muscle mass. And again, this kind of goes into the whole healthy aging thing, but our bodies tend to lose sarcomeres, which is a component of our muscle as we age. And the sarcomeres being gone is actually a predictive value for morbidity and mortality, meaning the less muscle mass we have, the more likely we are to have an early demise. So for that reason alone, it's hugely important for us as women to not just exercise, but to actually engage in strength training to be able to put on more muscle to have a better outcome for a long, healthy life. I don't know about you guys, but I want to slide one foot into the grave, one foot still partying. And so I don't want to have a frail elderly Um, approach to the end of my life. And I don't think most women do either. So starting now with strength training and and certainly having the diet to support that and building our healthy muscle mass is critical and important. The third piece a lot of people don't know about is that exercise can actually improve your sex drive. It's true. Um, Exercise brings a vascular supply to your whole body, but one of those components is your genital areas. And so Exercise can actually improve orgasms. Um, It's been shown in the literature by, we presume, bringing blood flow to that area and increasing sensitivity. So another huge reason, again, throughout our lifespan, but certainly as we age, to be intentional about exercise is that it can improve our sex life. Um, The next one I like to talk about is sleep, because again, I think this is something many of the women we work with struggle with is sleep. And we know that a regular exercise routine can actually improve sleep. So being active, particularly earlier in the day, um, can be helpful for sleep. Exercising outside where you're getting sunlight can also be helpful. That kind of helps reset their circadian rhythms. Um, And on the flip side, if we're exercising, we want to avoid an evening exercise. um, And particularly with that, any sort of stimulants, if we can, to discourage any sort of negative sleep training and sleep behavior. So early morning exercise improvement for our sleep overall, it helps with regulation of some of the hormones and then getting outside can help with that circadian rhythm. And then lastly, stress, which is huge, right? Um, the research is so strongly supported this for years that exercise is one of the best ways to manage anxiety and depression and the scores improve, the quality of life improves. Obviously, when we're talking about clinical symptoms, it's a, can be a whole different factor and really difficult to get into an exercise routine, but we know that the benefits are astounding and it's, it's really at a cortisol level, right? So exercise helps regulate our cortisol. Cortisol is a huge stress response that can play into things like gut health, mental health, all kinds of other things. So exercise for stress management, for anxiety and depression support can be so, so helpful. So those are kind of my big key takeaways on why exercise is so important. And again, I know I come at it from a biased perspective, but PT month, you're going to have to listen to me. Um, So then the the next piece is, okay, all right. So maybe you've learned something new and you think, okay, exercise is really good for me. Now what? Um, How how am I going to exercise? I don't even know where to start. Or I'm so tired of blah, right? Something my friends all do. I don't want to do that. I used to be a runner. I don't run anymore at all. Like I just don't enjoy it. But I think the beauty of exercise is there's no one-size-all approach. So yes, there are recommendations. Yes, there is the suggestion to have a moderate to high level of intensity for a certain number of hours every week. But the reality is the best exercise that you can do, my tip as a professional, is the one that you're going to do, the one that you enjoy, the one that you're going to get the most out of, right? So if you're going into the gym and you're loathing it and you're just dreading it it's causing anxiety. It's increasing your cortisol unnecessarily. Those are not good things and you're not going to stick with it. So finding an exercise you truly enjoy is so, so important. If that's yoga, great. If that's biking, great. Um, if it's Zumba or bar or pole dancing, whatever, to find something that you love and stick with it. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of what is it, doesn't matter. It's really um, what is going to be most beneficial to you. And that is really the thing that you're going to consistently go into. From there, we can start to tweak up and down. Do you need more intensity? Do you need less intensity? You know, certainly yoga is a great example, right? You can go through a restful, restorative yoga. You can go to an intense power yoga, different benefits to it. But as long as you're going and enjoying it, you're going to get something out of it. Um, And then outside of what kind of exercise should we be doing, there's something really cool called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So if you're thinking, man, I don't get to the gym enough. Okay. I'm listening to this. I don't get there four to seven times a week. The great part is that's only, even if you go an hour every day, that's only a small percentage of your day, right? Something like 5%. The rest of your day, basically everything besides when you're eating, sleeping, and binging on Netflix is an opportunity for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And so basically what that means is your body's constantly burning calories. You're constantly getting the effects of movement. And so choosing to do movement more frequently in your day or adding it into your day or being intentional about adding it can be so, so effective for so many things. All the things we just talked about, right? So maybe you're not going to get the same cardiovascular benefits you would get from exercise, but you're certainly going to get the increased, calorie burning in your body, you're certainly going to get the benefits of increased circulation, all of those other things, you'll probably sleep better, right? So what what is included in this? Things like cleaning the house, right? Things like doing yard work, gardening, all of those things might not be exercise, but they're physical activity and they contribute to your body's ability to burn calories, upregulate the things that happen with activity, um, just to promote an overall healthier approach to life. So in a day and age where we're more sedentary than we've ever been, I think we have to be a little bit intentional about what else can we do in our day to increase our activity. So that might look like not looking for the closest spot to the grocery store. Now, mama, I see you. If you're carrying three babies in, that's in and of itself is non-exercise activity, right? Um, So parkless, I get it. But maybe it's, I'm going by myself today, so I'm going to park in the back and walk. Or maybe instead of driving to lunch, I'm going to walk there. I'm still going to enjoy my lunch. I'm still going to sit down consume it, everything else. But maybe I get that little bit of activity before and after lunch. Plus, there's some really good benefits to taking a little walk after lunch um, from a digestion standpoint and everything else. So when we talk about hormones, and just especially as we age, our body's ability to metabolize, to burn calories, to function. All of those things of the small movements throughout the day can really add up. So I challenge you, if you're a mom with young kids, play with them, right? Get in there, maybe run races. Maybe you see who can get to the mailbox fastest in that, right? Get a small amount of activity where you can throughout your day. Don't take the easy way out. If you're sitting all day for work, maybe get a standing desk. If you've upped it to that, maybe get a treadmill under your desk. You can do a little bit of movement throughout the day. If you're in meetings all day, take a walk around the house between them, right? So get up, move around, increase that activity because that really helps with our energy expenditure. It really helps promote some of the um, oh, processes in our body to get rid of toxins, to um, promote angiogenesis, so cell improvement and getting new cells created. All of those things happen just as we move our bodies throughout the day. So with that, I'm going to close today and say, what are you doing to move more? I think all of us could probably benefit from that. If you're an over-exerciser and you have some hormone issues, you are probably one of the small minority of people who I would say you probably need to move less. And I definitely see those guys in our practice too. So if you're thinking, gosh, I already move a lot. Yeah, you might be overdoing it. And that is definitely a conversation for another day that Rachel and I will tackle together. But for today's purposes, I'm talking to most of us. Most of us who aren't getting up, aren't moving enough, aren't getting around, um, we sit all day, we sit in our cars, we go home, we sit, right? Get up and move. Find an activity you enjoy. If you don't have a regular gym routine, try some out. Try Pilates, try Zumba, try going to the gym and lifting weights. Incorporate some sort of weight training into your routine, ideally. But again, that can look like body weight training. That can look like weight training. That can look like a lot of different things. We want to promote those benefits for our hormones, for our aging, for our health as women overall. And there are so many different ways we can do that. So I challenge you to look at your routine and think, where can I add more non-exercise activity and be intentional about my exercise routine? So that's it until next time. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in today, peeps. Subscribe now and let's kickstart this epic journey. We've got a line of fantastic episodes coming your way. For more information, check out our website or our socials listed in the show notes to find us and find more information about how we can help you improve your health. Until next time, remember you are fabulous, you are fierce, and you deserve to rock your health and wellness.